0: Welcome to The Great Exchange, a podcast about examining the lies that we believe and exchanging them for God's truth. I'm your host, Brady Cohn, and joining me today is our co-host, Luke Wilbanks.
1: Good to be here, Brad.
0: Yes. Luke, I'm so excited to have you on our podcast for a couple episodes. So we are in Buckley, Washington. We are in your coffee shop. And so uh, you are the owner of the coffee shop. And uh, this is where I first met you. And I remember the first time... Uh, we came in with my, w- my wife, and we left, and I said, I don't know who those people are, but I know that they love Jesus because that's there awesome. was such a joy um, in this place that could only be someone who who knows Jesus.
1: That's cool, man. So that has been a few months exists. ago,
0: and now it's like uh, my office away from home. Yeah, it so.
1: it's doesn't feel like home unless you're laying on the couch with your shoes off, yes. kicked uh-huh. back doing your work. But yep. yep. <laughs>
0: So, well, so I'm so excited to uh, hear your story today. So we're going to hear your story. On The Great Exchange, we talk about lies we believe, about culture, about marriage, relationships, sexuality. And I've heard bits and pieces of your story, and you are a trophy of God's grace, and God's done so much. And I love just uh, hearing how you share the hope that you have. One day there's a group of elementary kids in here, and you're just, like, sharing your story. And so so I'm excited to hear that. So let's hear what God's done in your life?
1: Yeah. um, If we go back to the beginning, uh, raising a home that was actually very loving. There was so much freedom in our home. We could be whoever we wanted to be. I remember my dad really looking at me on a regular basis and saying, as long as you follow Jesus, you Mm -hmm. can be a garbage man the rest of your life. and We'll be proud of you. And so we just experienced this massive freedom in life. That's amazing. Um, Grew up in Alaska, like in the bush in areas. So we... We were truly free to be um, anything we wanted to be at the time. Our imaginations kind of raised yeah. us. Um, but when we moved back uh, to, the, to the lower 48, um, things just started shifting. I think that the protection you can put your family in, like a little cocoon,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: where the outside world doesn't touch you. You're in
0: you a little bit of a bubble. Big
1: time. And so when, when I got back uh, by junior high, my, my sister actually got pregnant in high school. And at that time, Dude, we went from being this like family of freedom to like a prison cell wow. where my dad just took control, you know, and uh-huh. one of his so kids had to clamp down. Totally. One of his kids gets pregnant. We uh-huh. got to do something about this. And so um, all that freedom we experienced growing up ended overnight. And uh, what came out of it was just a life of rebellion mm-hmm. for all three of us kids. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it, it down, down like spiraled pretty quick from there. Mm -hmm. And so I got kicked out of school, um, had to plead in front of a board to get back in, um, got kicked off of every sports team after that, just drinking, drugging, sexing, you know, Uh doing it all, and then dropped out of school uh, senior year. Uh, Really didn't have any plans for my life, but I knew I wanted to go to Italy or Alaska, Mm -hmm. kind of rolled the dice, and uh, Alaska came up on top. So I actually... Went back at the age of 19, um, just turned 20 and spent two years all alone out in the woods by myself.
0: Oh, wow. That is remarkable. So,
1: uh, like 200 miles to the nearest road, you wow. could only fly in and it was me and a couple ravens living inside with me, you know, a kitty a few of the birds, uh, a little ermine, those little white weasels and a pet fox and a dog and, and it was just us wow. and we were one big happy family. <laughs>
0: What was going on in your heart spiritually to to get to that point where you were you trying to escape from the world? Were you trying to escape for yourself? Was there something you were running from?
1: Yeah uh, probably. Uh, I grew up I guess what what we didn't what I left out was we moved almost every year of my life. Oh wow. And so even if we were out in the bush or or in towns even Washington, Montana I was a new kid every single year and that's really tough to walk into a classroom every year and be an outcast, Mm -hmm. right? Nobody knows your name. You don't get invited to any birthday parties. You're just the new kid. And that was just my experience throughout life. So I think even even my rebellion was was trying to get noticed probably. Um, But escaping was easy. Uh, Mm -hmm. I deal with shame at a deep level. Uh, Even through school, uh, got publicly um, shamed. My teacher after teacher after teacher drug up in front of the class, handed a pen and said, you teach this class. One teacher kicked the chair out from under me and I slammed my head on the concrete floor and just kind of like made the fool mm-hmm. in front of others. And so honestly, I didn't like to be seen by people because mm-hmm. if I was seen, there's a possibility of being shamed again. Yeah. Right. So wow. e- even to this day, I sit in the back row even at church, like I'm a pastor there and I still naturally sit in the back row so that people can't really see me fail, so wow. to speak. So, um, mm-hmm. so those two years, um, in Alaska were pretty dang dark. Um, like when, when the Bible says it's not good for man to be alone, mm-hmm. that's not a marriage quote that we quote it at, mm-hmm. at, you know, wedding ceremonies. Yeah. It's, it's a hum- humanity quote. Absolutely. And so where I went the first year, I went pretty deep in the darkness, but uh, I flew back to town. I was only gonna spend a year there, flew back to town and uh, went to Godfather's Pizza on a Sunday morning. (laughs) And I remember church was getting out and it was my first experience back in like society. Around people. Yeah, and all these women were wearing perfume. These kids are going crazy and berserk around me. And I kind of snapped, like the smells, the sounds was too much and I actually went back to a friend said, can you fly me back wow. across the inlet? And so, um, worst decision I've ever made. But um, I think God was leading some somewhere in his providence, mm-hmm. you know. And so I spent another year out there. And, um, man, uh, the crazy thing is, like... Uh, the way that, that sin compounds, mm-hmm. you know, when you're alone. But it's mm-hmm. Hebrews 3.13 that says, exhort one another every day. Yeah. As long as God the day. You know, yeah. so that your heart isn't deceived by sin and turned away from the living God. Mm-hmm. Dude, my heart straight up hooked to left and and went as far from God, I think, as I possibly mm-hmm. could. Uh, I, I would have said I was a believer, but there was zero fruit. And, um, dude, this is a crazy thing. Like, I found porn. Out in the forests, oh, wow. like in little huts from these homesteaders. So like no matter where you go in this world, yeah. it's going to find you if yeah. you're looking for it, right? So Absolutely. so even, even the addiction to porn got deeper, right? All alone mm-hmm. and um, the darkness just spread and the voices that happen in your head. Um, I remember like giving myself high fives in a mirror in the bathroom and talking to myself and knowing that I was doing it, mm-hmm. but still being like, this is weird mm-hmm. that I'm acting out like movie scenes just to have emotions. Yeah, and so, I feel uh, something. Just to feel something. Mm-hmm. And um, most, most nights were just spent with like a beer in my hand looking out of a big window kind of out at the ocean. We were in Lake Clark National Park, out at the ocean by myself and just watching the wind blow and just sitting there. Mm-hmm. And that was night after night after night. And so uh, after two years, I actually flew back again to to the mainland and uh started going to college and honestly within two months of being in in this city I had sex with my friend's wife was drinking every night and got got caught in it Mm -hmm. got caught in it Mm -hmm. and so uh my friend called me um he's like I know what you've done meet me down at the safeway parking lot and dude, the, the gut-wrenching, like already being like ashamed yeah. and already being broken. Like I was raised in a Christian home. Like mm-hmm. I knew what I'd done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I believe Jesus was Lord, but the demons believe in shudder, mm-hmm. right? But uh, I had so much guilt and shame that when I crawled into his truck in the Safeway parking lot, I, I, I wanted him to beat me. Like, I wanted to get loose of this, this guilt, this shame. and you I wanted to endure the punishment totally, that you knew that you deserved. Totally. Like, I, was, like I, I wasn't that all thinking gospel. I was yeah. thinking, you give me what I deserve so I can pay for it. Yeah. And the dude straight up forgave me. Wow. Straight up forgave me to the point where I'm like, no, please do something to me. Like, I don't deserve this. He's like, I forgive you, man. And dude, so what I did... Um, that after that day, I actually had lockjaw for three days. Like it's a real thing. I was mm-hmm. screaming and trying to pull my mouth apart, and I couldn't. It was just—I believe it was like God's judgment on me, kind of. Mm-hmm. But it was so much stress and to the core, and just guilt and shame that I actually um, got a hold of this missionary down in South America and uh, asked if they needed help because they had come to a church early in the year, and uh, they said they needed someone to run a chainsaw to build churches down in the jungle in South America, in Peru, outside of Iquitos. And so I said, hey, can I come down there and and build churches for you? And this was my mindset the whole time. I'm going to set up a way to kill myself. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to do it in a natural way, get bit by something, Mm scraped by something. Make it look like an accident. Totally. So that my mom, when she hears that her son died, is going to be like, Did something honorable. Well done, good and faithful. So like that level of manipulation, Mm -hmm. like that, so my sin didn't just like ruin a family. That family ended up getting a divorce. Mm -hmm. So horrible, devastating sin leading to divorce, but now even took it a step further to try to manipulate the whole sin so that the one person I cared about in this world, my mom, would actually be proud of me when I died and so dude it was it was it was deep it was like and so this is this is god's providence again man i flew to seattle worked a job for for a month trying to get a little extra money so i could make it down to uh uh, peru um the day before i get on the plane to go to peru the one woman this is missionary who was the translator for to be out in the jungle called me the day before and said you cannot come out to the jungle. We are flying home to Florida. Our daughter is having problem with her pregnancy, and we have to be there for her. And so I'm like, dude, no, I'm I'm ending my life. If, yeah, you that's, do that's not get to stick <laughs> my
0: escape plan. Totally.
1: Mm-hmm. And so God then shifted me, so I could not go out in the jungle by myself. I couldn't get anything out there. I didn't know how to speak the language, but I'm like, I'm doing this. So I I jumped on a plane anyways, and and flew to Peru, and then for for. A few months honestly went barefoot got on every little chicken bus you could find and went to different countries just wandering not wearing shoes and i remember at one point i was slitting the bottom of my foot every day and squeezing yellow pus out and just hoping like maybe this is this is the way it'll take me Uh but um i I brought a bible because that's what you do when you try to commit suicide you bring a bible with you and uh um, i somewhere along the way Uh, God became a gracious savior when I only knew him to be this like Lord. And uh, I have written in a journal that I came here seeking death, but found life instead. And God opened my eyes somewhere down there. Mm -hmm. Was uh,
0: there a turning point or revelation or experience, or was it a slow process of understanding that I think that God still loves me? Uh, What what did that look like?
1: Yeah, yeah. honestly he used other people just like he always does right it
0: seems like he always does
1: like what i was seeing was like i I kept seeing these three four-year-old kids with no shoes but they had no shoes because they didn't have money to have shoes Mm -hmm. and here i am selfishly not wearing shoes to try to end my life and they would be smiling and joyful running around the streets And I would just sit on corners in different cities and watch. And I think God started using them to convict me. Wow. Like, look at what I've done for you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I've given you so much in life. Parents Mm -hmm. that love you. A house to grow up in. Um, And I I was so steeped in self that he had to get my eyes off me. Mm -hmm. Right? Even the suicide was me trying to get praise somehow from my mom. Yeah. And and get out of what I've created. And so... um, Dude, honestly, like I saw beauty in people in South America where I just used to see ugliness in me. Mm-hmm. So he took my eyes off me and my ugliness mm-hmm. to the beauty of other people and like lit a flame down there. And that's what like projected the second half of my life, really. Mm-hmm. So and then from there, go to the next. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, keep going. Okay. What, what's the second half? Yeah. So from there, dude, uh, things didn't get much better as far as like not sitting especially like sexually and stuff, you know, like there was a, it was a lot of years of of failing, screaming out every night, Mm -hmm. crying out to God help, Mm -hmm. failing and just the repetition. Mm -hmm. Like I hated what I was doing, um, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to stop. I wasn't like involved in a local church at any deep level. I served in like youth ministries and stuff. But even then I would confess with, to what I was uh-huh. doing and they would pretty much say like, God is gracious. Like, you know, mm-hmm. so I didn't know what to do with it.
0: But it wasn't helping you. You weren't moving past it. No. There's so many people in our culture caught up in sexual sin and it feels that same way. It's like, I'm doing all the right things and I keep confessing it and they just tell me, Oh, there's, there's grace. Or then I start hiding it. And it just, it's this cycle that, that feels like never end. that there's people, are hopeless and just feels hopeless that this is the way it has to be. And I see that with pornography a lot of like, all right, I guess, you know, this is the way I have to be. I, I, I've tried to quit this and I can't. And so it's like, I guess as long as I don't go past that, then uh, I'll live in that and keep it a secret because it doesn't affect anyone else. And I see that cycle. in so many people, even inside the church and Christians who are crying out to God and it seems like, uh, that that cycle isn't changing in their life totally so how did that change in your life
1: yeah honestly the the way that god has done it is to remove me from the picture mm. um uh that i was i had a homeless outreach at the time and i was pretty involved in that every week we, we fed like 200 some people downtown seattle clothed them but it didn't matter how much i was trying to follow god like in ministry, mm-hmm. my life, every time I said I would never do this again, dude, I was that dog returning to its vomit yeah. every day. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I hated absolutely. it. I tasted vomit uh-huh. and I still like the old me loved it, yeah. but the new me hated it. And did no one help me navigate that mm-hmm. as much as I would shake people and say, dude, mm-hmm. what do I do? Yeah. There was no like, Desperate just, they for never help. gave me a step. Mm-hmm. Or reminded me of my identity in Jesus, like mm-hmm. who I was. Mm-hmm. It was just cheap grace. Mm-hmm. And um, cheap grace doesn't pay any bills, man. And so uh, honestly, the, the way that God got me out of that cycle, um, even with porn addiction for 10 years, um, was really calling me to the like a outside of the state mission. And so uh, I actually joined World Vision and flew to Corinthos, Greece, and started a 7,000-mile walk. All wow. uh, by foot uh, across 12 countries, two continents, really just sharing at churches and universities and concerts along the way, trying to get kids sponsored.
0: And wow. so here,
1: here I am like thinking I'm doing this for the kids. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. This is how God, he knows how I wanted to manipulate my mom. He's uh-huh. like, you ain't going to manipulate your dad, dude. Like I'm going to, I'm coming in. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, I will, I will convince you you're doing this good for somebody else because you're not walking away which you need to walk away from which is good for you and so uh, he he led me away and dude it was it was really on the road sleeping outside every night for 13 months different town every night really having to trust in him mm-hmm. and like follow him with my feet mm-hmm. and not just like intellectually or like God's grace will wipe the way like trusting in him for my daily bread like mm-hmm. I didn't I was living off of whatever he brought most of the time. And a lot of times I'd go in the ditches and peel Monopoly pieces off McDonald's trash across this country. Next town I came to just lay down some free cheeseburgers and some fries and eat like a king and then be back on the road homeless. And then, yeah, even then, um, like the darkness that I would go to in my pornography addiction, the darkness of even like, doing what I did with women that were not my wife for so many years, mm-hmm. like I got to see that at a whole new level. So across this country, this country, um, never really happened anywhere else. Been a 29 country in my life. Every single day here, sometimes three to four times a day, men try to get sexual favors off me. Oh, wow. Every day. And I was on one little road across one big country and it happened all the time. Sometimes guys with three car seats in their minivan, and it just like, God was really opening up my eyes. Like if you take this road, that's you know what I'm saying? What,
0: that's you, where it takes
1: totally, you. I, I will, you too will be out in the dark one night. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. When your three kids are at home and you got the minivan, and and you will seek to satisfy that longing. Yeah. If you don't be satisfied, me. Yeah. you never
0: imagine when we're we're teasing sin a little bit and we're satisfying it in little ways. You know, this little bit of pornography here and a little bit here, where it's going to take us two years from now or five years from now, that we're going to be the ones seeking out sexual favors in a dark street totally. and you no know, uh i i used to do some work with uh sex trafficking and um you know down in mexico and would would see a lot of that happening and that the girls being rescued out of that and what broke my heart the most was that this is like mostly american men going there to to seek this out and pay for this from sometimes little girls and i'm sure that none of those men ever woke up one day and said, no, I'm going to have a thing for little girls and I'm going to go to Mexico. It's like, no, it started with some thoughts and that led to pornography and that led to probably all kinds of of sex with consenting adults and then so desperate that here they are in Mexico paying for it from an eight-year-old girl. And so that's, that's where sin takes us when we leave it
1: unchecked. Totally, totally. Yeah, it was. It's it's a good reminder. I would rather learn through other people. It doesn't work that way usually. Yeah. And usually, I, I always have to hit the ground with my mm-hmm. face. But uh, um, that God God taught me many things along the road. By the time I got, I actually ended Enumclaw just about half a mile from where you live, oh, wow. where I ended the walk. And uh, that's amazing. But by the time I got home, um, it, God became so satisfying because he's all I had. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. I, and I think that was that was the, my whole life. That's yeah. what I was trying to find. Yeah. I was trying to find satisfaction and re- honestly, true friendship.
0: Uh-huh. To
1: be a lonely kid where you, you grow up as a new kid every yeah. year and there's never any friend that you call friend. Uh-huh. And anytime you do get invited for your birthday, like you're moving the next week anyways. Yeah. Honestly, I think I was actually trying to find the satisfaction of a friend. Yeah. And we we seek it in women. We seek it in sexual partners, right? Absolutely. And we're just seeking a companion to fulfill this longing. Uh huh. And honestly, night after night,
0: so much with sexual sin. It's like I just want to feel loved. I want to feel seen. I want to feel known by someone. And we try to do that in such such dark ways, but for this temporary little feeling and then when that doesn't do it the next night we have to do it again. Yeah. So, well, we are out of time for this episode of the Great Exchange podcast, but I'm excited to have Luke back for our next episode where we're going to dig into more of what recovery from sexual sin looks like, what it looks like to deal with our shame, what it looks like to really be known and find satisfaction in Jesus. So, I'm so thankful that you guys could join us today. I'm thankful for Luke for sharing his story in such a remarkable trophy of God's grace and we are excited to dig into more of what that life looks like recovering and finding our satisfaction through Christ so thank you for joining us on the great exchange (laughs)